Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. Making a difference through making things happen. Look at somebody and say, make something happen. As I mentioned in my own testimony, I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just be here. I don't want to just survive. I want to live. And John 10 and 10 tells us that the thief, which is Satan, our adversary, comes for the purpose to, uh, uh, the purposes of stealing to kill and to destroy us. That's his intent. But Jesus says that I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Many times people just, they're glad to be alive. And then there are those who even at the extreme would like to have the abundance, but they don't even know what it means to be alive, but they want the abundance. So coming and going, sometimes we miss it. We have people who just simply want to live. And then you have other people who are trying to get the abundance and they're not really even living. You say, well, what does it mean to be alive but not live? What it means to be alive and not live is to be alive and not know or maximize or actualize the full potential that we possess. As the children of God, as the people of God, as those whom God has redeemed through his blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have these these privileges through the promises of God. You say, well, privileges, does that make us special? No, with God, there is no respect of persons, which means that everything that is available to one person is available to someone else, which means that somebody sitting next to you that appears to be more blessed is no more blessed than you are, or you're no more blessed than them by way of potential. Which means that if they can pay all their bills, you can pay all of your bills. If they can live in a nice place, you can live in a nice place. If they can drive nice cars, you can drive a nice car too. It's not about the material things and there's no equivalence because some people are willing to work harder than others to attain the things that they have. Things that they have. But with God, we are all on a level playing field regardless of where we're from. In fact, on the count of three, I want you all to shout out where you're from, all right? You might be from Namibia, you might be from Mississippi, you might be from the Sudan, you might be from South Africa, you might be from Mexico. Yeah, I don't know where you're from. I want you to just quote, you might be from an Asian country, uh, just, just on the count of three, shout out where you're from, one, two, three. Well, listen, we all are from different places. We're all from different places. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it. We're not going to do the exercise, but I could challenge you and ask you all to shout out where it is that we're going. I can ask you where it is you're going to end up when all is said and done. You say everybody would shout heaven. No, not everybody would shout heaven. Some people say, I'm going to Hollywood. (laughs) Somebody would say Broadway or bust. (laughs) Somebody would say, you know, I'm going to Disneyland, you know. Different people would have different responses as to where they're going, but we should all have the same response. And I want to challenge you to start thinking about the fact that where you are physically has absolutely nothing to do with where it is that God wants you to be. God wants us to be someplace other than where we are at all times. He wants us to be present in the moment, but we have the capacity. Somebody say you have the capacity. You have the capacity to be delivered in the midst of your struggle. You say, I'm going through. That's not, that's not where you really are right now. Because the scripture tells us, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version, that we can make a difference when we recognize the difference that has been made for us. In the Amplified Version of those very same scriptures, it says, and you, he made alive. 
when you were dead slain in your trespasses and sin, in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and the fashion of this world, and you were under the sway and of the tendencies of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience carelessly and rebellious and in unbelieving ways who go against the purposes of God. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. But God, so rich in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which he loved us, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he has made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ, and he gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life, which was there when it quickened him, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy in which we did not deserve that we are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. This is the verse that I like right here. It says, and he raised us up together with him and made us to sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. I'll pause right there because where you came from and where you are is less significant than where you're going. The goal, of course, is to leave here and get to heaven, right? Because it's not just a never-ending circle that you just stay here. Oh, eternity exists, and it began long before your consciousness, which means that it's going to exist long after our consciousness. Eternity is just that, forever. We don't have a concept of that. But one of the things that God allows us and affords us through salvation and through the acceptance of Jesus Christ is the opportunity for us to foretaste the joy of eternity with him. It says right here in the scripture, didn't write it, but I quote it all the time, that we were dead in trespasses and sin, and now he has quickened us together and raised us up to sit with him in heavenly places, which means that even though I'm here physically, in my mind, I've been elevated to sit with Christ in heavenly places. Even though I am physically in struggle in my soul. I have been liberated and I have been raised up to sit with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Even though I hunger and I thirst, I have the joy in knowing that I am blessed because even though I'm hungry and I am thirsty, I shall be filled with the righteousness of God according to his word, not through my works. Not through anything that I can do in and of myself, because if I could succeed on my own, I would have done it a long time ago. One old church mother used to say, should have been done, done it. Look at somebody say, you should have been done, done it. <laughs> if you could have done it on your own, if we could have, should have, would have, we would have. But since we can't, we have to trust and rely on the fact that God has empowered us. Say empowered. No, say the full word with all of the syllables. Empowered. Empowered empowered. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that somebody else comes along, plugs you in and turns you on. That's not what it means. 
It says here in the scripture that we have been quickened together. We have been made alive. Now, if you've been made alive, you were made alive for a purpose. I'm not talking about when you were born in 63, 83, 93, 2003, 2013. I'm not speaking of those times. I'm speaking of the time in which you made your connection to Christ and his kingdom, when you made your commitment to God, when you made up your mind to make a difference. Tying them together because last week we just had to make up our mind. This week, I got to make something happen. I made up my mind to live for Christ. I made up my mind to be a witness. I made up my mind to line up with what Ephesians tells me. But but now I got to make a difference. I got to be a light. I got to shine. It's not work. It's not laborious. It's not hard. It's not difficult. In fact, I just want to be what God wants me to be. How many want to be what God called you to be? How many want to do what God called you to do? How many want to have what God intended for you to have? How many want to fulfill what God puts you here to fulfill? How many want to taste the destiny of manifesting your purpose in the earth, it's called growth. It's called maximizing. It's called increasing. And that can only happen when you've made up your mind to make something happen. Doesn't happen on your own, on its own. You see, success doesn't creep up on you. I think about the award-winning Olympians that we have as members of our church. And somebody said, amen. You say, well, who are they? It hasn't manifested completely yet. But it starts with first place winning and striving toward the excellence of not just beating an opponent, but beating your best self. Just because you did good last year don't mean you can't do greater this year. Just because you won the last game doesn't mean that you're the champion of all times. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep striving. You got to keep setting the goals. Just because you gave once doesn't mean that your harvest is going to roll forever. Just because you showed up at church today doesn't mean that you're a Christian throughout eternity. It's not that easy. I can stand in the Grand River, frigid and cold, but it will not make me a salmon. (laughs) Even if I swim upstream, it's just not. What happens is that there has to be an intentional. Somebody say intentional. Yeah, that word intentional is like the word empowerment. It requires something to make it happen. What does it require? What are the things that are required? And I want to show you guys something that I think would be helpful in helping to remember this. Um, There are three types of people. There are those who watch things happen, those who wonder what happened, and then those who make things happen. Yeah, there are three types. Those who watch things happen, you just kind of watch, you know, man, they're shouting, they're they're dancing, there's something going on. What's what's that? Ooh, look at that. Ooh, that one right there. Can you move your feet like that guy right there? Look Look at how she danced. She just moved. Those people watch things happen. And then there are those who wonder what's happening. Even though they're watching it, they can't believe it with their eyes. They're in wonder. They're like, man, I can't believe it. Look, look, weren't you just down and out last week? Didn't you you go through something that you thought was going to take you out? Look at somebody say, but I'm still here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like Celie. I'm like, I'm like Celie from the color purple. I, I might be ugly. I might be messed up, but she looking, but I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still alive. I'm still here. And when you come to that positioning in life, something else has to happen because we agree we're here. I agree. Some of us can agree that we made up our minds to serve God while we're here and throughout eternity. But until then... We have a requirement to be the third kind of person who make things happen. The word is influence. I know empowerment was a word that we talked about, but empowerment plus intentionality equals influence. Once we have been empowered, you know, you were raised up together with Christ and I am intentional about my new life. I now exercise what's called influence. 
Another derivative of the word influence would be the ability to convince or to persuade. In fact, let's look at the definition. We have to define the word. It's the capacity or power of persons or things to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, the behaviors, and the opinions, etc., of others. I'll read it again. It's the capacity or power. You have power, remember? Power to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, behavior, and opinions, et cetera, of others. So I'm not here just to walk around being blessed. I'm here to be a blessing. I'm not here just to receive the blessings of God, but I'm here to be a conduit of the blessings of God. To be somehow an instrument that God can use in a very unique way. You say, oh, well, there are hundreds of preachers. No, there are thousands, if not millions of preachers, but not who went through what I've been through. Oh, there are hundreds of moms and thousands of dads, but not the ones that are taking care of your children. You see, you have, and I have, we have a unique capacity in and of ourselves. And when we identify that, we are empowered. It's not that somebody else motivates us, but somebody else may shine a light that is so bright that it somehow sheds light over in our capacity, and we begin to see ourselves. We watch television, or we see a movie, or we hear this fantastical story of somebody succeeding, and somehow we identify that. I watch movies, and I, I'm so emotional when I watch movies. Whenever somebody's winning, I start crying. I just, I just like, yes, yes, I, I can see them win. I can see the winning. And when somebody is losing, I get angry and upset. And it's not because I'm competitive, but how many like to win? Nobody wants to lose. I don't know anybody with L on their shirt going, here I am. I'm the loser extraordinaire. I came to lose. No, 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 no. People are in it to win it. Anybody in it to win it? Oh, yeah, I'm in this to win this thing. Not, not that I want to make anybody else lose. I just don't want to lose. I just don't want to miss out on what God has for me. I just don't want to settle for less when God's got the best. And even if I got the best, God's got better. I am interested in everything that God has for me. Therefore, I am conscious and I'm here. So many people are not. We're respondents as opposed to instigators. We react instead of being proactive. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nation's Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the Scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.